And welcome to an extra special, no, I'm not at all biased because we're talking about one of my favourite games of all time, Eurogamer podcast. Yes, that is right, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're discussing all things The Last of Us, following the series debut earlier this week. Join me today to discuss everything from clickers to cliffhangers through tendrils and tension. We have making her Eurogamer podcast debut, I don't think you're ready for this Ellie, it's Jessica Orr, Senior Guides Writer. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Moving on with that song. Is my body too shroom malicious for you, babe? It's Deputy News Editor, Ed Nightingale. Hello. I was wondering what you were going to do for an intro there. <laughs> I had to make a musical. Uh, and then last, but by no means least, <laughs> we have an all-round fun guy. Some call him a champignon of Eurogamer, <laughs> who always keeps morale up. <laughs> it's, it's senior writer Bertie Purchase, everyone. Hello. I feel like we're we're far too cheery to talk about the the Last of Us. We need to get right. some dourness going. Well, my introduction now. I'm Victoria Phillips Kennedy. I am the button mushroom, hoping to hold this podcast together for one day only. <laughs> Wow, now that's out of the way. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Thank you. Yeah, Thank very you. well done. Nice. Very well done. I feel like we <laughs> should ring up Guinness. Like, how many mushroom puns can you do in a minute? I think <laughs> I've looked up so many mushroom puns over the last few <laughs> months, however long it's been. Uh, before we get you into were... it, though, a little bit of housekeeping. I do want to warn anyone who is listening or watching this, we will be discussing The Last of Us in its entirety. That is episodes one through nine of the show, including the finale, obviously, uh, and in doing that, we will also be discussing the game that this is based on, and possibly, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but the American Dreams comic series. So this is your spoiler warning. Okay, good. Done. Hopefully everyone is listening and prepared. So, first up, I'm just going to go around the houses here. Where, going into the show, how much knowledge did you have of The Last of Us, Bertie? Oh, God. So... To my eternal shame, I had never played the game. And and it's one of those games, you know, it's like a, a seminal moment, you know. And I would talk to developers in interviews and particularly like the Plague Tale people, for instance. And The Last of Us was a game that inspired that whole series to come into being because they were like, oh, games can do mature stories and things like that. And I just sit there and nod along and I go, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I loved it. <laughs> and... um for whatever reason, sometimes when a game comes and goes, um, and you just miss it at the time, um, and I happen to miss it. I've tried to play a bit of it, but it, it, it doesn't start that well. Like, it starts brilliantly, but then the actual bit when you go into the game and you're sort of in that city and before you kind of meet Ellie and, and go out, um, I, I sort of bounced off that a little bit. So, yeah, long story short, I, I didn't know anything about the game. I knew of it, uh, but I hadn't actually played it. How about you, Ed? Um, so I played it when it first came out, uh, all the way back. How many years ago was it? Like 10 years ago now or something? 10 years ago this June, wow. I think. Wow. So I played it back then, uh, in my mid twenties on PS3, um, and absolutely loved it. It was 
as a lot of people have said, I think it's it's a seminal story. It's it was a very mature story in terms of video games um, compared to what we'd seen previously. Um, and I thought, great, that was my playthrough. I never want to touch that again. I've had my experience, and I don't <laughs> want it ruined by by anything else. Um, and then it came out on PS4, and I was like, eh, I'll play it again. So I played through the whole thing again on PS4. And then with the TV show coming out, I was like, eh, I'll play it again. So I then played part one. Um, so I've played wow. each version as it's come out. Um, I wouldn't say I'm sort of expert on it or anything, but I just, with part one, and I just wanted it fresh in my mind um, while watching the show so I could sort of make the comparisons and mm. sort of notice any any Easter eggs. So um, yeah, I sort of came into the show feeling prepared, I guess, in that sense. And Jessica, over your shoulder, I can see uh, The Last of Us poster. So I'm going to assume you had a fairly good, solid, ground-based knowledge of what was coming. You know, I actually hate The Last of Us. <laughs> Get out of my room. podcast. Yeah. Get yeah. out. <laughs> your debut is over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my favorite games. All of these are my favorite games. But um, I, like Ed, I played it when it first came out. Uh, absolutely loved it. But I didn't play it for a really long time after that. I feel like for the same reason you just don't want to ruin like your experience for the first time um so I didn't even play it when the remaster came out again but oh. I have now played it uh about five times wow. because it's yeah I, yeah uh-huh wow. I am um, and I'm planning on getting the platinum of the remaster which will take me about five years but wow. I'll do it um yeah, but yeah I went back and played remastered a before last of us part two and then i played it when part one came out again and then i played it again whenever the tv show started and i think there was one other one in between there so yeah nice one i should say i am now actually planning to play it properly like we've made a proper um me and my partner have made a proper um determined starts to kind of play it through um, and i think the series has helped with that but i guess we'll come on to that yeah, I was going to say, it's the show well, ins inspired me... that playthrough. Definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I know broadly what happened. I don't know things changed much to uh, Victoria, much to your write-ups. I know the kind of things that have, have differed in each of the episodes. Mm. But I'm interested to see it. Um, and I'm interested to see, I guess, from a slightly zoomed back level, what the experience of playing the game is like in terms of how you experience the story versus how you experience the story in the game. Less about the minute details, I guess, more about the kind of overall feeling in that regard. Well, that brings me back nicely to the series. So let me take you all on a little time travel trip back to a wet and wild, I'm assuming here, just trying to set a scene, dark, well, for, for Jessica and I, very early morning, because we were texting each other at 2am, uh, when <laughs> wow. The Last of Us made its debut. Uh, and the thing that struck me most about this very first episode was the fact that it didn't actually start with characters from the game that we know, Joel, Ellie, etc. It started with that cold open where we saw some scientists discussing the prospect of oh, yeah. pandemic level infection. The three of you, was this something that you were expecting? Were you thinking the showrunners were going to go into this kind of history of infection and then build upon the backstory? Or were you expecting us to go straight in with that opening scene from the game with Joel? I don't know what I was expecting, but I loved it. And, and I loved it because it's so poignant with the situation we've had with 
actual pandemics in the real mm. world. And I, I, I don't know, I haven't seen their, the creators talking about this, but to hear people talking about a pandemic, you know, smoking on stage because it was in whenever it was in the seventies or sixties, seventies, yeah, seventies. But like smoking on stage, talking about it, and and to hear people being like, "Oh, that's a bit far fetched, isn't it?" And then having lived in and th- sort of through an actual pandemic, I I, I found it chilling. But mm-hmm. what about you, Jessica? Yeah, I guess I expected some changes, but with having the source material that was, as everyone said, it's been so movie-like or TV-like already. Um, I guess I didn't expect this change, but like Bernie, I think I thought it was brilliant. And I particularly loved, was it the second episode, Cold Open as well? Yes. When they did something different, like... In Indonesia. It was it was, it was really good, and I wasn't mm. expecting it again, even though they just did it the episode before. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Ed, what about you? Did you feel that maybe that cold open felt too real given that we, as Bertie had said, had had that pandemic experience so close to the show being released? Or do you feel it helped set the tone for what this show is going to be? I think it helped to set the tone. I think it helped to ground the story. They're trying to make it sort of believable. It is, it's fantasy, you know, it's, it's a zombie apocalypse because of mushrooms. Like it's fantasy, it's silly, but actually <laughs> it's, that made it, it that made it real. Um, I think a lot of the cold opens I'd semi-forgotten about until we just started talking about it. Um, the second episode oh. as well, I'd completely forgotten about <laughs> that. Um, but I think for me, the story is just so focused on Jelly and Ole. Jelly and Ole? Joel and Ellie. Wow. <laughs> I told you, you weren't ready for this jelly. <laughs> I was not. I was not ready for that. Joel and Ellie. Um, I, think I wondered it's... what show you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone oh, totally wait, I was off watching beast. something different. What? Um, I think my, I was just so focused on their story that I'd sort of forgotten about other bits and wasn't sure how else they were going to bring in sort of real life or, or other bits. And I really like how they did that in the cold opens that first one, especially, I think, yeah, it, it really did ground it. And I think there is that sense of fear and panic maybe, um, from, from the pandemic we've just lived through. And so to sort of bring the game world into that and reality, just, yeah, made it feel more frightening than it ever would, I think. Mm-hmm. Never talk to a virologist, I think, is the is the answer to this. That's because the, the takeaway. <laughs> they will give you a very real and scary account of what is possible, <laughs> what yeah. can happen, and it's, it's terrifying. Yeah, I think uh, it was John Hanna, the actor from The Mummy, love John Hanna, um, who was the scientist in that particular point, and he played it, like, he was saying it's so, like, the way he played it was so almost, like, calm and matter-of-fact that it actually it really got under my skin because he wasn't overhyping it, and it did feel very real. Like, it was just a real person talking. Um, so, yeah, no, that, that cold open, and as you mentioned, obviously, the second cold open in Indonesia, where there are kind of, like, hints to that in the game. You can find that newspaper in Joel's house in the opening sequence that say there's been some contamination of crops, um, I just thought they were brilliantly done. And um, speaking of Joel's house, obviously, after this uh, incredible opening sequence that we did have with John Hanna chatting about pandemics, we then cut to Joel's daughter, Sarah. Um, and very much like in the game, we obviously see the opening of this particular point through Sarah's eyes. Uh, Ed, were you quite pleased to see that we got to spend more time with Sarah and really develop on her character in those opening moments and spend a day with her going to school? Yeah, I think um, I really enjoyed that first episode overall. Um, and, and replaying the game, you realise it's about 20 minutes maybe in the game like it's or something. Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's very short, that section. And I think because you're 
because you're playing as her, um, it sort of clicks that you're invested more. And I think in a TV show, you need a bit more time because you're just watching. You need a bit more time to sort of get to know her um, and to get into it. But, you know, her story, even in that one episode, is so integral to to Joel's story for the Mm. rest of it that I think, you know, they really need to set that scene and set the you know, give that detail with her. Um, I think, was that the longest episode overall? Because that felt almost like so, a mini yes. film in its in its own right, um, when the other episodes felt a lot shorter. Um, but I'm glad that it was given that extra time to just set the scene from the beginning before we then go into, like, misery. I think, yeah, definitely. That first episode, for me personally, I feel laid a lot of really excellent groundwork and made, um, I mean, I've mentioned this a few times in my recap pieces, that it the, the series as a whole, I will get into the whole series obviously in a moment, but there was plenty to nourish fans of the series to understand that this is very much a The Last of Us game. It's been created with like Neil Driffin from Naughty Dog and it's been done with care, but they laid a lot of groundwork to make it, you know, approachable for newcomers and introducing characters such as Joel, Ellie, uh, Marley and the Fireflies and this world. Um, Speaking of Joel and Ellie, how did you find their character introductions done in the show? Did you enjoy seeing that sort of backstory uh, with Joel working in Boston, Jessica? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, I listened to some of the podcasts after as well and read your recaps and um, finding out about why they did it because, you know, you're just playing as Joel in the game and you have that perspective of Sarah and like that one little bit of Ellie but you don't get to see anyone else's perspective but Mm -hmm. in the opening you got to see Tess's what she was happening with her um a bit more expanded on what Joel was doing I thought they were really effective especially Joel's introduction into the future of during the the apocalypse (laughs) um (laughs) about him you know like having just cut off his emotions like picking up the child and putting it in I thought that was Mm. really really effective to just just that one moment explaining what Joel is like now because Sarah's gone um yeah that was yeah with Ellie as well that was amazing the way that they had Joel clutching a child um for you know obviously Sarah very tragically died in the opening moments and then the next scene to see him so callously then disposing of a child I think that was a really interesting juxtaposition choice Juxtaposition, is that the right word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a very yeah. interesting creative choice, we say then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I didn't know, again, I don't know where the this, this, this story was going, but like Ed um, said, I think we'll come on to this in a bit, um, I guess, but I really enjoyed the arcs of the characters and, and the journey that, that they went on. And you think of the last episode now and, and really it only makes sense because of that that they laid down at the beginning and, and the time they kind of spent on it. And it was interesting, I think, that they, you know, you're in Sarah's shoes and like freaky neighbour alert as well <laughs> when um, when she gets, when those old people next door get taken over, um, mature people, I should say, get, um, get infected um, and that, that lady is rampaging around the house. Um, I... Um, yeah, uh, lo- loosed my bowels. Um, <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, not to lower the tone, but I thought it was a nice. Uh, through Sarah, we got a nice introduction to Joel. Um, mm-hmm. I think, um, and and you're right with the with the 
then the cold open in the in the, in the second one where he's on on body duty effectively um it shows how much he sort of deadened himself which again is like super important but sorry jessica i jumped over you there no that was yeah, that's perfect that's exactly it and then uh, with ellie it was interesting because you did get an introduction to her before joel met her mm-hmm. so i think that was just necessary for like t- this is tv now and here's what ellie was doing here yeah, it was really nice to see her with Marlene. And again, shout out to Merle Dandridge, who plays Marlene in both the show and the game, uh, which I just thought was an incredible... I don't want to call it an Easter egg, because I think that cheapens it, but I love that that is something that they managed to do. They managed to bring back the original Marlene actor for Marlene in the show. Um, moving along, obviously, we've, we've mentioned a little bit about like Tess, and there are a lot of other characters that we do meet in this world throughout the nine episodes. Um, there's a whole collection of them. Obviously, it would be very remiss if while we're talking about characters, we do not focus on the fact that Bill and Frank had a fabulous retelling, in my opinion, in the show. Um, Ed, how do you feel, having played the game through to completion, about seeing characters that maybe could have been overlooked in the game, seeing their roles expanded so much further in the show? Um, I think it was, for me, it was slightly mixed. Um, I think, um, like the new characters, for instance, in like the sort of middle episodes, for me, that was a bit less successful. I wasn't so fussed about them. And it's the whole thing of, oh, there's a new character. They're probably going to die next episode. All right. See you later. Like everyone feels a little (laughs) bit disposable. Um, but Bill and Frank, especially, I absolutely loved. And I think for me, it's because that episode just felt so complete. Um, again, it was like Mm. its own sort of mini, mini film um uh, just about their story um and i think that's one of the ways that the show goes completely di- well not completely but pretty different to the game um and really expanded on it in a totally different way and i think for me that's when the show was most successful was when it tried to do things a bit different and didn't just follow the game um i think fans will want to see certain things and they have to keep certain things the same and please those people and have little nods to the game. But when they were able to just sort of let loose and do something different, I think they were able to make some much more creative choices um, and come up with a story that just in its own right was so well done. Um, And I, I I would love to see a series that is more a collection of short stories to sort of see different perspectives Mm. on the apocalypse. um, Oh, I can definitely see a lot of spin off. Yeah, I feel like they tried to do that with that episode and then sort of Left Behind was also its own little thing. Um, and I almost would have preferred a collection of short stories rather than the sort of overarching plot that at times felt a little bit stretched. Um, but that episode alone was just so beautifully done. I think that episode is going to go on to become to win some awards, I think, oh, possibly. Gosh, yeah. And I think it's going to be considered one of the great episodes um of tv i mean it was so touching again i didn't i didn't know the story i didn't know what would happen it's just so touching and it was a wonderful um representation of of a gay relationship i I don't think we've seen handled in that way before on tv just that tenderness and that it's hard to it's hard to describe, but it felt what I loved about that is that the game itself um, made big strides in this with um, Ellie and 
was it Riley's kiss in Riley, um, yeah. in Left Behind? And then, of course, when it put um, the kiss with Dana, is it Dana? Or, Dina, um, yes. Dina. Dina um, in part two, um, front and center of its sort of marketing and things like that. Um, it, it made big splashes with that. And I think, likewise, I think the series has done something special um, with what it, it has done as well with that, that Bill and Frank episode. Um, and a slightly separate point, um, I think where it deviated from the game or where I now know that it deviated from the game, I think it's almost like extra DLC content in a way. You're, you're not obviously downloading yeah. it, but it's a bit like, <laughs> I love the fact that because this is a co-production with Naughty Dog and that Neil Druckmann is, you know, is half of the co-creator, you know, and so Craig Mazin and, and Neil Druckmann, I love that where they go off off script from what we already know it's like added stuff where they're able to sort of fill out these areas that people want filled out and we trust them because they made the game in the first place um so i love that aspect of it i love that they're able to do this and add rather than just repeat mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely it feels like bonus content it's uh it, i mean that that story also for me personally playing through the game obviously i know how bill and frank's story ultimately concludes there with uh, well, we've already given a spoiler warning. So in the game, obviously, Frank commits suicide having left Bill because he couldn't handle his way of thinking, survivalist attitude. And it's a very grim story. And when I was playing the game, I I, I always felt uncomfortable with that bit. I didn't like it. I felt it was slightly unnecessary. I know it's a cruel world, but it, it didn't feel like it added anything, I, in my opinion. So for, I love seeing that in the show. And I think everyone involved with that episode did a wonderful job. I think it's really interesting to think that the Neil Druckmann uh, and maybe some of the other Naughty Dog creatives have, have lived with this story for a while now. You know, they created it, you know, more than 10 years ago. The game came out 10 years ago. And I like the idea that it's just sort of been sloshing around in their heads since then. <laughs> and they thought, you know, actually, or, or someone's challenged them on it. Craig Mason's challenged them on it. And, and they've thought about it and gone, actually, I, I would quite like that to have gone a different way you know mm-hmm. and what if we now just turn that in a slightly different direction um and see what happens I like speaking that. of new characters <clears throat> that were mentioned in the game but sort of properly introduced in the series uh, i'm going to jump a little bit around here i'm going straight to the finale uh, that recently aired and we saw anna who is ellie's mother um and similar to what you were actually saying bertie that is a story that i know neil Druckmann has been wanting to tell for a while and, you know, like you said, I love that this is now the medium that we actually get to see this world enriched and these stories that Neil Druckmann has had in the sort of other back pocket. I'm sure it's been more than that. But, you know, he, he's obviously wanted to tell these stories. Naughty Dog has wanted to tell these stories. And I, I do love that this show has given us the opportunity to see that creative vision. But saying that, I am a little bit with Ed here. And in the middle episodes, when we get to Kansas City, not Pittsburgh like in the game, we meet Kathleen and Perry, who are two new characters ah. for the show. There's a, a Pits. Well, in the game, it's Pittsburgh. There is a boss alluded to in these sections if you listen to the sort of ambient chatter of the NPCs. Jessica, having played the game thoroughly, how do you feel about the introduction of this militia and that backstory? I actually think I'm one of the people who really didn't mind it. Um, <laughs> I love Melanie Linsky, so as soon as she was there, I was like, well, oh, yes. I'm sold with her. And 
I think it also makes sense because they changed it slightly from the game because while it is still grim, it's like grim like raiders in the game and it felt a little bit similar to other stuff that happens later on whereas this is different. It's kind of shown like a mirror of what happens when it was Fedra that get overrun there as well, wasn't it? Um, so or at least the- a military presence. Yeah. Yes. In the game, uh, Pittsburgh has been overrun by, I think they're known just as hunters in the game. Yeah. Um, and they had overrun the QZ in Pittsburgh in the game. Yeah, so I think it did a little bit more in humanizing them at that point. Mm-hmm. But I do agree, people are like, oh, you're going off tangent again. But for me personally, like, I, I love the third episode as well, and I, I welled up during the first episode. I thought it was brilliant, but I cried my eyes out with the Sam and Henry stuff in this. I think it was done, like, it, it, it made me well up the last time I played it, just because it had been so, it happened so many times. It was done, I think, even better in the TV show. Um, the actor that played Sam, it was just, it was heartbreaking watching that, that happen. Even listening to the the HBO Companion podcast after Troy Baker crying talking about it. I was like, well, I'm crying again. Um, <laughs> I think I did tell Jessica when I asked her to be on the podcast that I would ensure there were virtual tissues on hand. <laughs> it was ridiculous how much I, I welled up watching this show for characters who were just introduced and then killed off, like you said. <laughs> yeah. So I personally, I, I like those episodes a lot more than other people. Do you agree that the show, you know, having um, Kathleen and Perry there, who I should say Perry was played uh, by Jeffrey Pierce, who plays Tommy in the games. Which is what a great wonderful beard. Oh, he looked fantastic. Uh, that sort of fox. man has. I couldn't take my eyes off him the minute he stepped in frame. I was like, who's that? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, unfortunately, Perry doesn't come to a very nice end. And I'm very sorry that fabulous beard probably does not look quite so fabulous now. No. Do you remember that bit right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Ed, do you feel the introduction of Perry and, uh, I was about to say Melanie, Kathleen uh, was important to that story of Sam and Henry? In the game, we obviously are introduced to Sam and Henry and we know that they are uh, an adversary, I suppose, to the Pittsburgh Hunters, but it's never really specified why. Do you think this was important world building? Yeah, I think as Jessica said, it's it's um, it's humanising them because in the game, it's kind of like, you've got zombie enemies and you've got human enemies and they're just humans that are bad. And at least this is giving a bit of backstory to that. Um, I think I just felt very aware. I think knowing where the story was going, I was very aware that they're only going to be in a couple of episodes. So I was fully expecting them to die. Um, And I'm Mm. glad that she got a grisly end with a, with a, with a child zombie when she was like, I don't like children. And I was like, well, that's your comeuppance. Yeah, that <laughs> um, was brilliant. That was karmic. It was good. That was very well done. Um, and I, I think those two episodes, I think you mentioned in your write-ups, Victoria, they are very much companions to each other. So that became a sort of middle arc. Um, and I liked that it had a sort of punctuation mark of a big action bit at the end, which I think it needed by that point. Um, and we yeah. finally got to see a bloater. Um, which was yes. pretty terrifying when it came out of the it came out of the earth. Um, but for me, it's Sam and Henry's story was much more poignant and much more well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, they were much more the focus of, of 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 those two episodes and kind of a bit of a warning to like Joel and Ellie of like you know this is what happens when you're there with family and this this could be your future. Um, so I, I yeah. think their story is necessary for for the contrast 
and the other characters are there just as some nice background, a little less integral. But I'm I'm glad it was there. I just wasn't so invested in their characters. Oh, Edward, you have done such a wonderful thing and give me the perfect segue because I'm, I was I'm going good to like say that, I've you know. not really <laughs> spoken much about Ellie and Joel. And the reason I wanted to say them until after we discussed other characters is because exactly what you said. I wanted to talk about how these other characters have, uh, you know, as you said, they create like a kind of warning morality tale for what Joel and Ellie's story could be going forward. Um, so Joel and Ellie, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, oh. I think both did exceptional work. I cannot actually even fathom two other characters to be taking on this live action. I know there's obviously Troy Baker and Ash Johnson, live action reimagining of Joel and Ellie. Bertie, what did you think? Were you concerned about their casting when you sort of visually knew they were going to be different to the game or were you... So I'm a big fan of um, of Pedro Pascal. I, I've liked him since Narcos or A Game of Thrones. I'm not sure which came first. Um, and he, I think, had laid down a very simple, a similar template for Joel in The Mandalorian, the first season of that, because it's a very similar kind of deal, you know, um, a gruff kind of character. So I... Um, I wasn't concerned about him. Bella Ramsey, I didn't. I, I've seen um, her in uh, Game of Thrones, of course, and she stands out uh, in that, in the in the few scenes that she's in. And I wasn't sure what would happen there. And actually, I was, I was concerned to begin with because she's very spiky at the beginning. Um, she's very aggressive, and I'm like, okay, that that's great, but I don't know if I can watch that every episode i don't know if i can watch that performance every episode and i thought okay decent at the beginning that's fine that's fine that's fine i think where it started to change for me was when it hit left behind um quite she started to series. just she started to take off basically um and then i think the next episode with um uh the religious monster um, and the cannibals uh, it was a tour de force I thought because yeah. it takes so much it takes so much energy and she kept giving it you know like mm -hmm. when she's strapped down on the table and she kills Troy Baker um, incidentally I loved how I I loved how they brought Troy Baker in um, and Ashley Johnson um, I particularly loved um, Troy Baker you know because he's the lead like the lead in those games well you know co-lead I guess but I loved how he stepped so kind of what looked like selflessly aside in a sense and and even in the scenes and stuff like you know were i him i would maybe be making it known that hello actually i was the lead in the game <laughs> version of this but he's he's just this sort of side character and he doesn't try and mm -hmm. step in the way in the scenes he's quite back he's quite backgroundy you know and then he gets a, a cleaver in the, the, cleaver the neck, the neck. And, um and dies but i loved how um, Bella was just so like the energy that was coming off her must have been exha like exhausting to do but I really be I believed in her you know I believed that she could do all these things uh, she felt dangerous like a wild animal in a sense mm. that you know almost caging her and mm -hmm. I was really impressed and sorry to go on but in the final episode I was like okay I've seen you do big over over the top stuff now but some of the most powerful stuff um, was in the final episode, both when she was having the the quiet chat with Joel before he gets banged on the back of the head and they get uh, the fireflies get them, both in that moment and then in the final moment when she 
is walking with him and, and clearly something's on her mind. She's like, I don't actually believe what you told me about the, the fireflies. Mm -hmm. And she questions him. And in my mind, I read it as she doesn't believe him, which is kind of upsetting because she's like, I can see you lying to me. Like more people got hurt because of me. And that, I think she'd alluded to something like that earlier in the episode. Um, and, and, and that, uh, yeah, really made her cry. Um, so I thought she was fantastic. Um, She's great range. On Pedro Pascal, I've also loved off screen. I've loved a lot of what um, uh, HBO and, and, and Sony and Naughty Dog have been doing around, you know, the little extras. You mentioned the podcast. I haven't listened to this, but they've also some stuff that's been on like TikTok and like, um, on socials and stuff where they've like videoed um, or recorded a bunch of them sitting around a table talking. And I've just loved the memes and stuff that's been coming out. And I've loved how like Pedro Pascal just seems to be when you point a camera at him, this this slutty daddy. Cool um, slutty daddy. I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> <Slutty> daddy. <laughs> but like when you point a camera at him, he just seems ready to mess around. Like at any given moment, he is ready to have a laugh. And I love that. And it's what I especially love about this is that it's so different to the character that he well starts the series with particularly um and i think you like he's this he's a, a stone he's like a statue almost at the beginning you know like there's no feelings getting in and out of this like stony exterior and then like you know the cracks start to appear and then by the end i thought it was heartbreaking in the last episode um in fact my partner she's watching it and um I could see like tears welling up in her eyes when when he's trying to sort of cheer Ellie up at the beginning and she turned to me and she said oh it's, it's heartbreaking because he realized he couldn't protect her um and now he's trying to sort of make and I was like I, I hadn't I hadn't read it that way you know I thought he was just trying to cheer her up um but it, it's really interesting to watch his journey and how Pedro Pascal's portrayal of Joel changes. And I, I think that's really successful mm -hmm. over the course of the series. And, and I also think it's great, you know, given what you see of Pedro Pascal off camera to then him being this really hard to please person at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were fantastic for me. Great partnership. I love that when we first, well, when Joel first meets Ellie, you know, he's holding a gun at her and stepping on her switchblade and he's having absolutely none of her shit. And then, you know, like you said, at the end, they've gone on this remarkable journey that is, you know, not only across the country, but also created this bond of parent and child. And it, it is actually quite remarkable that they managed to do that in nine episodes. Um, yeah. And oh, my God, when lengths, he grabs but... her face and he's like, I've got you, baby girl. You know, I think mm -hmm. everyone was just oh. like, oh, no, no. oh I think it's really interesting as well that. I think Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, they're casting immediately. Maybe you're not like, maybe they're not the perfect people to play it, but they're the perfect people to play these versions of Joel and Ellie because yeah. what got me through the entire series is that Joel is a lot more like loving in this than he is in the game. He seems like a bit, like a bit of a toxic dad in the game. Like there's moments you're like, why do I like Joel? He's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like Ellie's just killed someone and he's, okay, why'd you do that? I'm like, all right, Joel. He's so much more loving in this, even if he did, is a little still keeps that Joel moodiness. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, I think Ellie's a little bit more aggressive in this. And I, I think yes. in preparation, perhaps for what's oh, about yes. to come and the reaction about mm -hmm. what happened during something else I, later on. But I thought that was very interesting yeah. when we had that scene with David, uh, the the murderous cannibal pastor. Um, that he speaks about how he really 
he likes Ellie because he can see the violence in her and he can see something of himself in there. And I thought that was very clever move by the showrunners because for those of us, Bertie, I'm aware that you have not played part two. Do you have any concept of the story? No, only that it's super violent. Well, yes, <laughs> that's we're going to go with that. So the fact that they have kind of laid this groundwork for Ellie does have these more violent tendencies. And we saw her at the beginning of episode three and she came across a trapped infected and she sort of cut it when it was... Mm defenseless like she obviously has that slightly i don't want to say sadistic side but she does have this darkness in her um which i think when you play the game version that is not something we see hmm. so i did like that from take a little fun fact which i thought was absolutely amazing you know obviously we were discussing about the fact that bella ramsey has this incredible range and we saw her after she killed uh david very traumatically in that eighth episode i think it was eighth episode oh he um, is definitely dead he is definitely dead. Definitely dead. <laughs> um, the, she actually filmed the scenes with Pedro Pascal straight after that, before she'd actually filmed the scenes with uh, Scott Shepard's David. So that scene where she comes out and she's really flustered, she's not done any acting prior to wow. that. Wow. Which I thought it was incredible that she could do yeah. that. Like, she hasn't had that energy or adrenaline from scene to scene. That was, yeah, those ending scenes were shot before the actual fight. Wow. Which I think I was think... A, just a testament to her as an actor. Yeah, I think as, as Bertie sort of mentioned, all the off-camera stuff that we've seen in interviews and stuff, you can really see their bond with each other. Like, they clearly have a great yeah. friendship. Um, and I think that that really comes across over the course of the show, especially that final episode, the bit you mentioned before, you know, before the smoke bomb, where they're having that that really poignant, gentle, tender moment with each other. I sort of feel like that's almost not even them acting. Like, they're, they're just at that point where they're just, mm. they know each other so well. Um and before the show, I think, I wouldn't say I was worried about their casting, but there was that initial thing of, okay, I'm not sure if they're quite the same as 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 the game characters. And as soon as I saw that first episode, I was like, Pedro's Joel. Like, he just is. Like, for me, that that's yeah, Joel. Yeah. Um, and he just completely nailed it. Um, and Bella was, was great across it as well. She just completely nailed the tone of Ellie. The only time I was taken out of that was the very last episode with Ashley Johnson, because suddenly I was like... Ellie, uh, <laughs> why are you here? Like her voice so, is just so recognizable as Ellie that I was yeah. like, oh my God, it's Ellie. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, that completely took that me out of it. I find it incredible <laughs> that Bella Ramsey looks so much like Ashley Johnson though, even though she that doesn't she look like be. Ellie. Like she yeah. really yeah, could yeah. be your daughter. She could be Ashley Johnson's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know uh, when Ashley Johnson popped out, I didn't know that was Ashley Johnson. And, and so I didn't realize um, that was, um, you know, the lady who played ellie in the games um but desi my partner turned to me and she goes who's that ellie's mum like there was no clue that anything had happened we don't know that it had jumped back in time and i was like uh obviously it turned out to be true and uh, i was like oh i, I think it's i think it's great that she had been brought back in to do that mm -hmm. and i think it's so cool what a lovely again what a lovely like added almost dlc moment to be like here have some and and, and it to be ashley johnson as well I do like that, you know, Ashley Johnson has essentially given birth to Ellie twice. Herself. You know, she's mm. she's yeah. given birth to herself, which is quite some feat. That is very meta. I don't know. <laughs> um, one very obvious thing that we have not discussed at all, even though I did mention in my introduction, is clickers and the infected. Um, we have covered this quite a lot in the news. The showrunners of The Last of Us have made the conscious decision, conscious decision, excuse me, lost my words there, 
um, to focus on character development, which is obviously what we've been discussing for almost half an hour now. Um, in you know, in place of action, because they want to tell stories of the people of this world. Um, they've since come out and said that The Last of Us uh, next season will have a lot more infected. In quotes. Okay. Um, Ed, where do you feel? Are you pleased with the sort of action infected to character development ratio in the show, or do you feel that they did slightly drop the ball? Um, I like that they focused on the human stories um, because there are so many zombie apocalypse bits of media mm. out there that I think focusing on the human stories of how do people actually cope in this world that sort of differentiates it and I think that gives the show heart um on the on the flip side of that I think that for me there wasn't enough threat um I feel like mm. the apocalypse was kind of just a backdrop to these people surviving and I was always thinking well what are they surviving against and yeah, I guess they're surviving against each other because half of them are horrible cannibals. Um, but they're just, I didn't feel like there was enough threat of of cordyceps. Um, I feel like it was there in the opening episodes, um, obviously yes. when it first happens. Yeah. And I think the second episode, they did a great job of set dressing with like the te- when they're going through the building, the tendrils and all that kind of stuff just before that first encounter with the clickers which I thought was incredibly well done with Joel sort of hiding behind the the door and all that stuff. Um, So I feel like that was very well done. And beforehand they'd made this big deal of it being tendrils this time instead of spores. And they'd sort of really hyped that up, I thought. And then after that second episode, it sort of tailed off and we just didn't really see them apart from the bloaters. Um, And also that horrible kiss moment, which I absolutely hated. Um, I'm coming to that. Don't okay, <laughs> fine. Um, but I just, for me, it, it just was sort of backdrop to the human stories. And I felt like I wanted a bit more of a sense of tension um, and a bit more intensity to what was going on. Um, so I would have liked a little bit more, not necessarily action, because I don't think it's an action series. Um, mm. But I think it would have been nice just to have a bit more of, of a that threat being more present. Um, a lot of it's just them in the wilderness and you're like, oh, well, there's, there's no zombies here. Just set up a settlement. You'll be fine. Um, like it, it didn't feel like there was this overwhelming odds that they're fighting against. And so at the end when it's okay, we're going to cure it potentially, it's kind of like, well, do you need to, are you, are you okay? Are you living all right? Um, so I just, I, I wanted a bit more, not so much action, but just a bit more of that sense of threat in the background, I think. Presence. Yeah. I did wonder um, at the end of the very first episode uh, when Joel tests and Delia are all fleeing from the QZ in Boston and you hear this sort of scream. I can't do it very well. Uh, but the scream is very well. I <laughs> sounded like, like the grudge. It sounded more like I was checking for radiation. It's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but you said there was that sort of scene of a clicker that was like on a ruined building. It was very much like background, not fore and center by any means, but I kind of got the impression from that that the clickers would be kind of there even if they're not the main focus um jessica obviously you've played the game five times which i'm still in awe of um do you wish that there had been more like gameplay elements where we saw joel and ellie having to stealth around clickers yeah i kind of wish we'd seen more clickers because that was 
that was like a terrifying moment in the second episode and like Ed said it kind of just goes away you get that big rush of infected in the um was episode four and five with Sam and Henry at the end uh which was which was very cool but I don't think you need to have that all the time I think Eve nailed it perfectly and said it doesn't feel like there's a big threat and it was kind of funny how every time they were just like oh yeah there's no infected around here it's wilderness you don't need to worry about them I did when but, there was one point it's like we're too far north I was like why doesn't everyone just move north yeah <laughs> <laughs> just go to Canada exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i would have liked to have seen that and it, it did seem weird that they made such a big deal about the tendrils because i was like okay this must be something huge they're gonna do with this mm -hmm. and it was just like that one scene um that one scene oh what <laughs> i would like everyone's opinions please on that tendrilness that test was shown i'm with ed what, i why? thought it was great <laughs> I thought it was great. Absolutely hated it's it. It's like the Dementors, but with tendrils going up. <laughs> do you feel, again, uh, you know, as you said, Bertie, you've not played the game uh, in its entirety anyway. Do you feel that that was just put in for shock value? Or do you think that actually really helped with the narrative? And as a viewer, did it help set the tone of that world? So I understand, I, I think, shock value. Because I think um, if, if you're telling people this is how people get in infected it's some sort of death kiss or something like that then have it be the death kiss always but other uh, other times it was just blood it, it was transferred like in the blood you get bitten you know you're done for um i i i'm a bit torn about um the infected because i felt like so we've been watching relatively recently or again, my partner's been watching and I've been sort of looking over her shoulder, um, Walking Dead. And, and she's burned through loads of series. And every time I look over her shoulder, it's the same episode, effectively. And, okay. and, and by the end of it, no one gives a, no one gives a flying what's it about The Walking Dead. They could, they could even be having conversations next to them and they're like casually killing them while they're sort of talking and stuff like <laughs> that. That's how the threat sort of disappears. So I'm glad there weren't too many um, all the time. And I actually thought, I thought they did. I liked how individually the infected are scary in this as well. They're not just fodder. They come like in the museum-y place at the beginning, you know, they come crashing through or even in, you know, with Anna at the end, the way it comes like tearing up, the, tearing up, the tearing through and crawling through. Uh. Um, I like that they're individually scary. And I thought the threat was, I do think it dipped off, so that's why I'm torn. I do think there were a few episodes where I was like, oh, look, I guess we're going to see another bunch of humans gone gone weird in, in this, and they will be the real threat. I do think we could have seen, you know, on the outskirts of town or some, we, we could have been reminded um, that mm -hmm. the infected were a threat. But in the Left, Beside, Left Behind episode, for instance, that whole section of them going into the mall you know, I'm sat there thinking, oh, God, something's going to happen. And I thought that episode did a really good job of about like three quarters of the way through. I think you, they were making a bit much noise playing in the arcades. And then mm -hmm. you're like, it woke something it's up. awakened, mm -hmm. yeah. you, know, you know, in the other room. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, no, something bad's coming. That kind of sense of sense of dread. But I have a feeling. So, so I'm not sure. I, maybe there could have been a bit more infected. But on the other hand. I have a feeling that perhaps they downplayed the infected, like to focus on the, the stories, but um, the human stories, and to pull in an audience that hasn't played the games. 
and that Absolutely. isn't interested in playing video games or isn't interested necessarily in zombie stories. So my brother and, and his partner, um, they have no interest in, in, in video game sort of stuff. Um, and I think they bounced off The Witcher, but they all of a sudden got into this and, and were, were hooked and were really into it. And we're even suggesting it then to my dad, who has no interest in zombie stuff and absolutely no interest in, like, in, in video game stuff. And they would not have suggested it to him had it not been for those, I don't want to say like worthy human stories, but you know, those like dramatic, that dramatic element, mm -hmm. I guess, um, to the series. So I think if they focus too much on the sort of the video game aspect of killing zombies or having the, the zombie part of it, I think you, you then push away. Yeah, it isolate um, a certain... It's interesting. I wonder how much of their response to we will show more infective in, infected in the second series has come from reaction to this first series. Or I wonder if that was always their plan. Because a part of this as well could be they want to keep some of their powder dry in the sense that if you show the monster too much in a mm. monster movie too much too often, it, the threat of it, like in The Walking Dead, just dissipates. And you, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, you know... Um, you so always they want might to leave them wanting more. Exactly. So mm -hmm. they might be keeping that for the second series, mm -hmm. and then they, so they can still. Because I'm still scared by the infected, um, and I think, I think they've done for me just enough to make me still scared. So that when they go into buildings and they start making noise, I'm like, don't do that. Don't. You don't know what's in the basement. You know. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think it was, I think it was enough for me. I thought episode two was brilliant for this you know when they're and, and then that whole explanation they're like uh oh like the whole horde works together and it's nice to see sort of smart fast zombies well not like smart you know they're not mm -hmm. like you know working desk jobs <laughs> and stuff like that but but this idea that they that you know they will, tar they will target you and they will they will get you yeah like a hive mind yeah. Yeah. I think there might be like a little bit of a happy medium because the one thing I do like about The Last of Us as opposed to other zombie stuff is that they are slightly different zombies because it is mushroom stuff. Like, okay, yeah. they look different, they act different, and now with the tendril stuff, like they've got a whole different like horde system here than even in the game. Um, so just a little bit more. That's, I but I think you have a good point about saving it because when you think about mm. it, there's the three stages of infection. That's it. And then you have like this one additional one in... There's part, two. part two yeah uh, so <laughs> that's the classic no... oh they've evolved uh oh a bit. well well <laughs> just do it <laughs> you're in for a if, if you're I'm scared sure now right word, actually <laughs> no. you're in for something oh good I, I think for me I, I i agree with actually everything that you guys have said pretty much so i won't repeat it too much i think the only place i really do wish they had added more infected however was with david because in the game i like the fact that for a while you're playing as ellie you don't really know what's happened to joel and you kind of form this alliance for a little bit with david and you defend your uh... makeshift camp um from infected with david and I remember the first time I played that game, I kind of thought that like he wasn't going to replace Joel, but I felt like at least she's got like someone she can go to for help now. And no, she did not. That was not what David's intentions were. And I, I thought that was in gameplay wise. I like the fact that they kind of sort of the fact that you had this ally against the infected 
gave you the sense of security with David that then got whipped out from underneath you. I could really have done with some infected at exactly that point, yeah. actually. I think I, I remember feeling like, oh, I haven't really seen the infected for a while. And then that whole episode wasn't about the infected. Actually, I wonder with that episode because his, I think I'd seen something on social media about how um, he was going to be, you know, who he turned out to be. But I feel like he, that reveal or that, flip kind of came out of not out of nowhere but i don't know i i I wonder in that episode if they there was more stuff originally there in the episode and maybe they trimmed it back and were like look we need to focus on this aspect because they're also trying to tell at the same time they're trying to tell this story of joel warming up to ellie and um you know then joel kind of you know loving her and letting himself kind of you know love again and 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 care for her also didn't he <laughs> find some energy again from somewhere quite I readily that penicillin was, was from... very very potent <laughs> i mean like i'm still sniffing from a cold i got in january like what the hell <laughs> i mean I, I i i buy the first like neck stab um when you know i'm like he's just roused himself enough to do that but when he came and did the rest of it i was like hang on a second you haven't been able to move before this um and now you're up on your feet so some of those some of the threads in that um episode maybe there were just too many threads with a game i think perhaps you have more time uh to do all this um and maybe there were sort of too many vying storylines and so Mm. maybe they they pushed one out but um yeah, I agree. I think uh, my my overall take from the series is the fact that I thought it was a great series, but I think it could have easily had two two or three more episodes just so we could, you know, like you said, kind of get those loose ends all tied together. Really see that Joel has to recover, or at least like see him react to the fact that he's just killed a guy, and you know he's also been stabbed, and he has to, you know, recover himself a bit. Um, I think just back then... on that bit with David Victoria, as, as you said, like it was missing the zombies the affected at that point and i think that's kind of necessary because ultimately you've got sort of good guys and bad guys in terms of humans um and it was very much focused on that but then whenever there's infected around you're all the same like everyone's vulnerable ah, yeah um and so i think that as you said you know she teams up with david because as soon as they're infected it's like well we have to help each other because otherwise we're both going to die so you kind of you're forced to team up with people you might not like you might be bad people um and i think a little element of that in that episode might have spurred things on a little bit and again just reintroduced Mm -hmm. that sense of threat that the threat is you know there might be cannibals nearby but as soon as a mushroom man comes along that's definitely scarier Mm -hmm. yes i agree (laughs) I'm going to go now because I'm quite conscious that we've been talking for a long time and I've got so much more I would like to say. I will try and condense it. Um, Obviously, final episode aired just recently. We've all seen it. We all know, having played the game, those of us that have, Joel makes quite a strong decision during this final episode uh, on realising that Ellie will potentially, or will die uh, when she is operated on by the Fireflies. He goes on... (sighs) massacre is that a fair word of the fireflies i don't want to oversell it but i also don't want to unsell this um he makes that choice to save ellie and this has been debated in the near enough 10 years since this game was released do you think joel's actions in this final episode were right to do you think he was right to save ellie bertie i'm going to come to you as you have not played the game yet no 
you do not think he was right? Um, I don't think he's right because um, why is Ellie's life more important than everyone else's life? And I guess the answer is that it's not. It's just that it's more important to him mm-hmm. um, than everyone else at that point in time. I, 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 I love, kind of loved, uh, I hated, but I kind of, I hated from a personal point of view, but I loved from a sort of dramatic point of view um, this moment because like all of a sudden, like Joel is, um, I, is a, a baddie. Like I'm not, I'm not sure how you've, You've seen him before. He's he's hardly been great, in, you know, before in in terms of what he's done. But at that point, he's a bad. He's killing people who are trying to help, right? Like he's killing doctors, um, or he's killing people. You know, okay, there are some armed people there, but these seem to be people who are trying to build something, trying to create something, trying to help other people. Um, and I understand his reasons for doing it. And I think it's good that he did it because I think it, it makes for, you know, an interesting story and interesting character development. But I, I, and the way they did it in the show as well with that like music and this almost like slightly dead, it was quite deadened almost what he was doing somehow. And, and, and some, I don't know, the, the, the clack of the guns like that, that was really really felt it for some reason. I don't often feel it, but it was really um apparent, um, particularly at the end with with Marlene. Um so no, I don't think he was right. And in that moment I was like, oh no, you 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 know, you're making a mistake. But um I think it was interesting <laughs> because he was making a mistake. <laughs> what about you, Jessica? I agree that I think that might actually be the the best scene adaptation because in the game it's in my opinion, it's fairly long for what you know what you're going to do at the end. And it's just combat, combat, combat. Um, whereas in this, you actually felt him like making that decision, turning into, as you say, really a baddie. I do agree that, yeah, that's an awful decision. It's like you hear about Joel being a bad guy, but he's been a good guy in the series to protect Ellie. And now he's being a bad guy to protect Ellie. So it's that, um, you know, as Neil Druckmann likes to say, that the badness of love Here's mm-hmm. the downside of loving someone so much. Um, so no, I don't think you made a right decision. But same with Freddie, you're just like I, I wouldn't want that scene to go any differently at the end. Like it wouldn't have been true to Joel's character if he was just like, okay, she's dead. What about you, Ed? Are you Team Joel or Team Firefly? Joel. <laughs> I think as I think as Bertie. Well, I think as Bertie said, it's um, it's the wrong decision for humanity. Um, Equally, there aren't that many affected around, so I'm sure you'll survive. Um, in in Joel's <laughs> in in Joel's position, I think I would do the same because I'm weak That's the and selfish. You ask yourself, isn't it? Yeah, is that I think I'm Joel's selfish and weak, students. and I would be like, no, I don't want to live without my loved ones, so I'm going to be selfish and screw humanity. Um, so I feel like I would probably do the same as him. I don't think it's the right decision, but I would probably do that. Um, I will say, I know there's been a bit of debate about that sort of shoot up, shoot em, shooting scene. Um, I actually liked it. I know, Victoria, you wrote earlier about, you know, their, their quote about he suddenly gets God powers, um, that he can suddenly shoot everyone. But um, for me, it was kind of, it was a nice sort of callback to the game in that the game is very actiony at that point. So it's kind of just a little nod to that. Um, and I like that, Bertie, as you said, it was sort of slightly muted and subdued, but then it had that really melancholic music over the top and, for me, that makes it clear that this is an emotional, this isn't an action moment. This is an emotional moment. This is him completely driven mm-hmm. by emotion. Um, and it's mournful. But what are we mourning at that point? Are we mourning 
like Joel's decision? Are we mourning humanity at this point, knowing that, you know what, he's just screwed us all over. So th this is the end <laughs> of humanity. Thanks for that. Um, like, what, what are we mourning here? Um, and okay, fine. You just, you know, suspend your disbelief a bit that he doesn't get shot. Um, but I think he was just so driven by emotion. And for me, the music is really what made that clear. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually really like that. And I think it's just really heightening that sense of good and evil. And, and everyone is painted in shades of grey. No one is purely good or evil. Um, you think Joel's a good guy, but actually you've been playing as the bad guy all along. And that is a theme that I think only in the game only really comes across at the very end. And I think that that was a bit more apparent throughout the series as a whole um, in the show. Mm -hmm. But then they really take off with that. No spoilers, but in the second game, that becomes then just a, an evolving theme from then on. The show and the game definitely did make me question morality, I suppose. And um, is morality the right word? But like, you know, I think with the show, what was actually quite amazing is the fact that we weren't tied to Joel and Ellie and we could take a step back. And, you know, as you said, that suddenly we're seeing Joel as this bad guy. But then there were earlier episodes where we were discussing, like with Kathleen, for example, and she mentions about how her brother was this member of the rebel resistance and he was you know, a good guy in a lot of ways. And it did make you question, like, are we seeing things in a certain way because of who the story lens is pointing us at? You know, what makes a person good or bad in this world? And I thought that was a very interesting turn to see Joel going bad, essentially. Mm. It's about it's about perspective. And I think that's mm. what the second game deals with a lot in terms of mm who in the way that the show is like well who's the camera focusing on it's like well who in the game are you playing as or who who's the game focusing on and that immediately you're drawn to and think well that's the good person because that's who I'm playing as and that's my perspective but then you're forced to see different perspectives and think oh hang on that's making mm -hmm. me question my own actions and yeah. that's very much what everything in the whole series yeah. I think is really and it makes you a little on. uncomfortable and question things which I like um for me, where I land on the Joel side of right or wrong, as a parent, I fully understand Joel's need to protect something or someone that he loves so deeply and so purely. However, what gets me, and this is why I want your opinions on as well, is the fact that he then lies, not just once, but several times over to Ellie about the events that took place, about her immunity, about the cure. And that, for me, is what I really struggle with. Even, like, you know, I played this game when it came out on the PS3, maybe not on release, but, you know, very soon after. And to this day, it's the lying that still sits really uncomfortably with me. What about you, Jessica? Yeah, because he makes it about himself, right? This is the... Yeah, um, he's selfish. Because yeah. it's like, it's about him getting a Sarah figure back, in a sense. Yeah. He's, he's opened up and he's like, I've, I've got... This is the bit that I'm not sure about. It's like... It, does he love Ellie because of who she is or does he love her because she's replacing a Sarah in his life and he's opened up and, and managed to do that and that's what it feels like when he's holding back the truth at the end not that it looks like Ellie's buying it and maybe it's Ellie is in turn like seeing it f for what it is maybe because he yeah he looks he looks kind of obsessed and yeah selfish in that moment for me mm -hmm. i think ellie's seeing him in a new light because i think she's recognizing the lie so she's seeing him in a bad way just as we have at that point 
So I feel like Ellie's mm-hmm. reaction is sort of mirroring ours. Um, and, and I feel like, as maybe we've all semi-said, that his decision is understandable, even if it's not the right thing to do. But then it's the lie that makes him evil or a bad person mm-hmm. um, for not being honest about it. Because um, I think we'd all love to save our loved ones. But lying about the reasoning is that's that's the real twist. The last thing uh, I want to talk about is the ending. Obviously, Ellie turns to Joel. She asks him to swear to her that what he said is true about the fireflies being, I think he said that they were killed by raiders uh, and that there are dozens out there that are immune, but there's no cure. When you played the game, Jessica, and then when you saw Ellie's okay at the end, do you feel that that was the right ending just to leave it slightly ambiguous or do you so the showrunners have recently said that they were originally considering showing ellie and joel actually just having one more scene and just showing them walking off from that point are you glad that they stopped it just with the okay and leaving that ambiguity in the air yeah it's strange because it's it's kind of it's like it is the same scene as the game whereas when the game ends i feel like that was the perfect time for the game to end but it felt like it just cut off at the end for the episode for some reason and it's strange because to me it was sort of it was the same it's the same lines it's the it's everything but in the tv show i felt like i needed just something to try and like it was his line and it's over and then there's the season over um i feel like because they put more emotion into the season than the game from joel's perspective that you just you needed something a little more there but i don't know what it would have been i haven't I haven't seen any like reaction to this at all. So I don't know if this is even the reaction that other people have had, but it just felt like it, it kind of just ended um, and that the emotion was kind of cut off a little bit at that point. I think for me, because I knew or I expected it to come, because up until that point, as you said, it is basically like a one-for-one copy from the game. And yeah. I know how the game ends. I was expecting that. Okay. But, um, well, Bertie, as someone who didn't know or doesn't know how the game ended with just that okay and shot on Ellie did you feel that you were cut off before you really got a sort of satisfying conclusion um I don't know I don't that wasn't a kind of thought that I had um in my head it is slightly abrupt and I I quite liked it ending on the okay because it's an okay with a lot of meaning in I I think it was an okay as in okay that's your answer but mm. not like, okay, I believe you, or okay, it's like, okay, that changes things, or okay, I, there, there seems, there's lots of different ways I think you can take that, okay. Again, I'd be interested to know what they filmed. I, I wonder if they filmed something else, and then in the editing room were like, do you know what? Let's stop it here instead. I, I wonder if you. there's going to be a bone. Oh, you know. Well, I've read the article. Um, <laughs> so they were going to have... Uh, that okay with Joel and Ellie on the sort of crest of the hill and then it was literally going to be one more shot they were just going to show jo- uh, Ellie walking away and Joel looking after her I'm pretty sure it was that way ah okay but like so maybe... you know with him following her but they'd be walking off towards Jackson but slightly like together but apart I feel maybe. like that would be a good mirror for what happened after Tess dies where Joel just walks off and Ellie's looking after him oh yeah was him that emotional state yeah I think I would have liked that little scene but it it's not like a huge deal. It just, mm. I feel like that would have been a nice tie back. What about you, Ed? Um, I do like the ambiguity. Um, as as Bertie said, it's an okay with a lot of meaning. And that, as those of us who play the next game know, 
leads into pretty directly what's about to happen in the next game. Um, so, so I do like the ambiguity. I do think that it was maybe a bit sudden, but for me, for me, it kind of ties into my thoughts on the series as a whole, which is that it felt simultaneously too long and too rushed. <laughs> um, yeah, that, yeah, I, I that, completely agree. <laughs> on the on the one hand, um, it was. It's it's basically misery porn. Like it's it's a lot of really depressing stories <laughs> where everyone's dying, and it's kind of everyone has every good person, every person you meet is going to have a tragic end, and it becomes a bit wearisome by the end. And so with that sudden ending, I was like, okay, we're done, great, I've finished it now, I can put it down. Um, and I was kind of quite glad that it was over with because it was just it's just so much throughout the series. Um, but at the same time, I feel like they were very concise in terms of they just took the main story beats from the game and just implemented them where they needed to, boom, 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 uh, with a few extra bits sprinkled in. And and there was enough extra to to add a little something. Um, but it was it still felt quite short. I feel like there was room for them to breathe a bit more and to put a bit more into it so i i feel sort of it was both simultaneously and in terms of that conciseness this is maybe slightly controversial but i feel like the tv show for me has now made the game a bit redundant because going back and playing the game sort of just at the start of the of the episodes and playing it again and, and knowing what's going to happen, I'm expecting that in the show. I'm like, okay, cool. This is the episode where this happens. And then it happened. I'm like, cool, great. Let's move on. I don't need stealth and shooting in the middle of that. Mm. And it made me realize actually a lot of the gameplay, I mean, yeah, it's fun and it adds to the survival element, but it's just padding between story. And when you just take the story out, it makes me realize how much that game is trying to be a film with some gameplay padding in, in in the middle of those story bits and when you take out the story it still works on its own as a tv show you actually don't you don't need the gameplay in there so i'm glad that both exist but i'm kind of if i wanted to experience the story again i'd quite happily watch the maybe not happily but i would watch the tv show again without feeling the I need to sit and pick up a control again. <laughs> i will watch it miserably um <laughs> without needing a controller to sit and control Joel and feel it like you you feel a bit more controlling the characters than you do just watching but the main story beats are there you you, you don't need to see Joel stealth killing 20 clickers and them losing a bit of their <laughs> threat what about you Jessica do you think it was a Joel in one or is there shroom for improvement <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the last one don't worry <laughs> um is this in terms of the adaptation of it the adaptation yeah I, I i completely agree with ed that it was scenes go on a really long time but it felt really short the actual story and it's i think it's a testament to how excellent bella ramsey and pedro pascal is that we felt their connection because they actually didn't have an awful lot of scenes together mm. because when you are playing the game that's why i think i don't completely agree if you're um for me, I wouldn't go and watch TV show. We're playing the game because you do get to be Joel, you do get to bond with Ellie. It's it's more of a journey, mm -hmm. um, whereas in this, it is more of kind of everyone's journey <laughs> through this lovely mushroom apocalypse. 
Um, so I, I think they're two separate things for me. I would definitely play the game, the game again, and I would definitely watch the TV show again for different reasons. Um, but yeah, it would be nice not to have to have to do stealth sections. <laughs> I can just watch um, Pedro Scal reloading his his revolver in that museum. Um, so as many times it's... as you want. <laughs> Maybe not my computer off saying that. <laughs> yeah. Bertie, obviously you've mentioned that you are now considering going back to play the game having watched the series. What about the series going forward? We obviously know that series two or season two in America is going to be a thing. Pedro Pascal said it could start filming as early as this year. What do you want to see from that story going forward, given that you have a limited knowledge of the game going forward? I know you obviously will know elements. But... I think I would... So something I really enjoyed about the series um, is that, you know, as as someone who plays video games um, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, however many years ago, you know, the, these things weren't treated in mainstream media in the same way. You know, if you had an adaptation for TV or or film, it was handled in a very sort of action kind of way. You know, we haven't had someone like Craig Mazin take something admittedly you know it, it was the last of us which was maybe designed um on things that it eventually became with this series i don't know if it's like a, it's like a, like um ed said it's a game that really liked what tv series were doing that now is a tv series um sort of uh come full circle in that sense but i've really loved you know i love those extended shots if you like i love that they've really concentrated on telling a story and letting it come out in a sort of subdued way not necessarily an over-the-top way I, I I really like that and I'd like to see them carry on with that in in the second series and I guess yeah hold off from the allure of like gameplay if if that makes sense and and, and keep trying to focus on the um on the dramatic aspects but I, you know if, if gameplay where it makes sense like I could tell in various moments actually i felt like you know joel shooting at the end felt very video gamey and there are different definite moments you know where they're like taking cover or when ellie goes and gets that ladder in the final episode as well <laughs> where he's like i'll give you a boost you're like you can you're like you're pressing triangle to boost you know or whatever Did you see there was that little smudge of yellow underneath where the ladder was as well i didn't see yellow. that but i saw that in yeah, your writer, brilliant. which was, was very, great that was a cool I, nod and yeah. I think it's great that video games um, or video game properties can be treated in this way now. Um, I, I, it's really in not in a not patronizing way, if that makes sense, and where mm -hmm. they can appeal to other people. And I hope that in turn, that attracts more creative minds to video games um, who can then push them in, in certain ways. And maybe it also encourages people because... It, you know, we've had an issue in video games for a long time, which is this gameplay aspect. You know, what what is the gameplay in a game? And for a long time, that's been shooting. Um, and I, I think we we have seen, obviously, new interpretations of that in, in recent years, but maybe we'll see even more uh, interpretations of that. And maybe there will be a closer link between... It's interesting to think what other video game properties could make this a similar leap. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's a lot to do there. You know, the the fact that they have Naughty Dog co-creating that um it, i think is in, integral to, yeah, to what I think they've been able to do having neil Druckmann on the show development was definitely a very smart move yeah um by the showrunners and hbo craig mason etc 
Um, what you just reminded me of a point. That was it. The uh, PlayStation Store now. If you go into the PlayStation Store, the the Last of Us is like banner now says you've watched the show now play the game which i think is quite an amazing that we've kind of come full circle <laughs> with yeah. that like it's um yeah i mean let's face it the show has definitely done well it's done some phenomenal viewing figures i think the finale was watched by 8.2 million people which is over double what it was i uh, know not quite double what it was in the pilot so well done, everyone involved. I it, guess. it will be interesting to see what happens to The Last of Us as as a brand, as a franchise in this kind of post The Last of Us HBO world, because obviously to begin with, it's it's the games, right? The games become a, a, a massive things in their own right, you know, pivotal uh, probably in in terms of what video games in the last ten years. Um, but now, what happens if if as the series takes over and becomes this you know super popular thing? Does it does it change what Naughty Dog has? Does it change Naughty Dog's plans in any ways? I, I don't know. I, I think, as far as I know, they've left The Last of Us behind now, and they're working on other things. But I wonder if this changes what happens there. I know we've got the multiplayer, which is they're going to give us more announcements on that this year. So I, I assume it'll be around the anniversary of the ten years, but we'll see. I bet they are doing something else. For the Last of Us, though, I don't think. They just leave it. And yeah, you're right, especially with the TV show being so popular. Mm. If they did leave it, they're like, do you know, I just want to do a part three. Yeah. But um, I think having either a. They'll do another one. (laughs) Part one, right? Yeah. And then then they'll do a double pack of like buy the complete thing together. And yeah. Yeah. What if they do like a part one demake and make it like a PS1 game? (laughs) All that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining me to discuss about everything that I love very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure. So I will go around the houses. Bertie, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Clert, C-L-E-R-T. It's a silly old name I made years ago when I mistyped cleric. Oh, <laughs> I, I never knew that. <laughs> never. I thought it was like Clert, Bert, Bertie. I no, assumed there was some etymology there. <laughs> It's worked out quite well, and it turns out because it's this odd name. Um, it's a, it's easy to type and remember, uh, and b, it's never taken in any online <laughs> gaming space, yeah. so it's always available. So I'm like, oh, it's just stuck. Oh, I'm gonna think next time. Oh, Diablo Four beta, I might quickly sign in as Clerk. Oh my god, <laughs> you ruin my life. Ed, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights with an N. Any interesting backstory? Did you misspell Bishop? No, it's just it's my name. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Resi Jesse. Oh, nice. I can see that's because Jessica. Yeah. I am Little Chop Shop Gal, just to be even more confusing. And with that, thank you very much and have a good day, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey. <laughs>